0: what does the bible say about divorce and remarriage is a pastor unqualified if he is guilty of lust and does the bible say anything about watching pirated content the answers to these questions when we understand the text
1: This is when we understand the text, a daily study in God's word, that we may present ourselves to God as one approved workers who have no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Tell your friends about our website, www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome.
0: How many days we got until Truth Matters?
1: Oh, a little over two weeks.
0: The Truth Matters Conference. Yep, a little over two weeks. What is it? 19, 19 or 18 days from today. I'm excited. I can't remember. I got my Truth Matters bracelet on. Yes, me too. They came in the mail. Yeah. Boom. Oh. Yeah. That's neat. I don't think they've done that before. I don't remember getting something in the mail uh, prior to Shepcon.
1: Maybe it's like, just Truth Matters that they do that. Must
0: be. You have to walk up to the window and get your little badge at Shepcon. Yeah. But yeah, we got our bracelets. We're ready to go.
1: I'm wearing mine so I don't lose it.
0: That's the same with me. Because
1: I thought about packing it already in my suitcase that I'm going to take. And then I'm like, well, I also have to pack up the kids. So I don't want to put it in the wrong suitcase and send it on the wrong way. You got
0: to pack up the kids. (laughs) I thought your mom and dad were taking the kids. I'm
1: folding the kids and I'm putting in the. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted to come. So.
0: (laughs) So, the suitcases you have to pack for the kids to go to your mom and dad's, Mm -hmm. you thought the bracelet would end up in there. Probably. Yeah.
1: Because they don't always listen to me. So, they don't always pick the right
0: suitcase. Yeah, I was going to put it in my backpack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the same with me. I was like, I'm going to lose this. Yep. (laughs) So, I'm just wearing it. From now until Truth Matters, we're yep. just wearing our bracelets.
1: You know, two weeks, not too bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're talking about the Truth Matters conference. It's going to be at Grace Community Church in, in Sun California. Valley, California. Yep. yep. the uh, An inerrancy mm-hmm. uh, conference. Well, they're talking about the sufficiency of Scripture. Yes. So they did an inerrancy summit several years back. But mm-hmm. this one's going to be on the sufficiency of Scripture with guys like John MacArthur, Vody Bauckham... Uh, Justin Peters. Uh, I want to say Costy Hinn. I think he's one of the speakers too, isn't he? Todd Friel's going to be there. I think so. Don't pull your phone up and look this <laughs> up. Right, we'll be for, we'll be here forever.
1: We would. We would. <laughs> I was going to verify.
0: Yep. But the, yeah, so we're heading to Truth Matters out in California. Looking Super forward to excited. everybody who's going to be there. We may just take a week off the podcast. We might. It would be the easiest thing to do. hope we didn't uh, deflate anybody's uh, expectations for that week coming up.
1: <laughs> we'll see how it goes.
0: This being Friday, we take questions from the listeners, and you can submit questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Mm. Our first question here, the first two questions actually, were two questions we had tacked on to last week's questions. Right. And we didn't get to these because I thought it was going to take more than the ten minutes that we had left. Right. So we're about to find out here if we could have mm. fit right. these into ten minutes or not. All right, let's go. First one comes from David. Dear what? I have typically been of the understanding that remarriage after divorce is allowed Biblically, only if the divorced spouse has died or remarried someone else. But I was recently challenged on the latter since the Bible never mentions that allowance. Hmm. I've read John Piper's paper on the subject, and it seems pretty solid. What are your thoughts? Can a divorced person marry someone else if his ex-wife is still alive but is married to someone else. This question has major practical implications for me, as I am currently an elder at a small home church, and the pastor and I are struggling with how to counsel one of our members who is dating a divorced man whose ex-wife has already remarried. Mm. Thanks again for your time. Grace and peace, David. Well, full full disclosure, uh, and we've talked about this in the past. We have. In fact, we talked about this, I think it was around March, because this has been one of our most requested episodes. Mm. I've had uh, e- emails asking, hey, where was that episode where you were talking about divorce and remarriage? Okay. Uh, so anyway, full disclosure here. Becky is divorced. I am. And remarried. To yep. me. Remarried to me. Yay. Um and, and in her case, her husband was abusive and had cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And then he's also remarried. So, you know, the likelihood that there was going to be any sort of reconciliation was just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. He was not supporting uh, his daughter, Annie. Mm -hmm. I think there was one payment he made in Mm -hmm. her entire life. Yep. So the deal that I made with him when I married Becky was, if you give me full custody of her, then you pay nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever you owe on child support, we wipe the slate clean. Mm -hmm. And he agreed to that. And so uh, I have full custody of our oldest daughter, and she does not belong to anyone else. She is mine. That's right. And she's always been my daughter. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's just the way we look at it. Annie, I am your father. <laughs> Annie, I am your father. That's a, that's a terrible Darth Vader impression. <laughs> but that's for her. <laughs> that's for her in the future when she finally gets to this episode and <laughs> make fun of Daddy's uh, terrible Darth Vader impression. <laughs> uh so anyway where were we oh yeah divorce okay so you know where we stand on this issue
1: yeah kind of i mean it's circumstantial
0: right it it should be taken on a case-by-case basis right i really don't think there is a blanket prohibition on if you've been married and then you get divorced you cannot be remarried unless your ex dies Right. I don't really think that's what scripture says. Now I I know what John Piper says about this. I've read his paper. I've seen the various Ask Pastor John segments where he's talked about this. He's very, very strict on it. Okay. I mean, he he basically believes that unless your ex dies, then you can't get remarried. Oh okay. that, that is the only thing that annuls the marriage covenant is if The uh, is if the other dies, either your spouse dies or you get divorced and your ex dies. That's the only instance in which, okay, now you're free to get remarried. Hmm. And I don't really see that, especially considering that Jesus said in Matthew 19, 9, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So he's really saying there that in the instance that sexual immorality has occurred in the marriage,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the uh, the the spouse who is the offended can divorce the offending spouse. Does this make sense? Right. Am I using yes. the right words here? Okay, sure. Uh, and and get remarried, and the Bible permits that. Christ himself even permits that in the way mm-hmm. that he is saying the law to the Pharisees there in Matthew chapter 19. Right. Now, John Piper is not real big on um, uh, the historic confessions.
1: Okay. Like, what do you mean?
0: So, I, so like the Westminster Confession of Faith. Oh, okay. The London Baptist Confession of Faith. The Westminster Confession is a lot more detailed on marriage and divorce. Oh, really? More so than the Baptist Confession. My my understanding there is that the reason why there isn't so much in the section on marriage and divorce in the London Baptist Confession is because the Baptist just couldn't come to an agreement on it. Oh. <laughs> so, so there was a lot of... Hey, <laughs> surprise surprise a baptist meeting they couldn't all come to an agreement on something so they just
1: needed more food (laughs) (laughs) they probably ran out of food
0: well you couldn't have uh, (laughs) couldn't have crockpots back then you know yeah the crockpot had not yet been invented to help hurry that thing along so
1: those poor people anyway
0: (laughs) the westminster's put a lot more detail in it uh than the baptists did and in their section let's see this is chapter 24 of marriage and divorce article 5. Here is what it says. Adultery or fornication committed after a contract being detected before marriage giveth just occasion to the innocent party to dissolve that contract. In the case of adultery after marriage, it is lawful for the innocent party to sue out a divorce and after the divorce to marry another as if the offending party were dead. Hmm. And I totally agree with that. Uh, and that was our understanding of it even before you and I had an understanding of historic confessions. Right. So when Becky and I got married, we really didn't know historic confessions. When I became a pastor, I wasn't all that up on historic confessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, church history was one of those things I learned as I came yeah. to realize the importance of knowing those areas, you know, there were some things I learned, but yeah, I wasn't very detailed on the church confessions and the Westminster Confession section on divorce and remarriage really is quite good. Mm-hmm. All very solid and biblical. You've got all sorts of uh, 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 passage mentions in there, including Matthew nineteen nine, That's mentioned there in chapter 24, article 5. On marriage and divorce
1: all right so i've got a question okay what does it mean by being detected before marriage
0: let's see uh adultery or fornication committed after a contract being detected before marriage giveth just occasion to the innocent party to dissolve that contract so in other words when they were betrothed Mm -hmm. but not yet married Does that make sense?
1: Okay. So so engaged. Yes. Like
0: like this would basically say that even if infidelity had happened in the engagement. Okay. That the person who was the offended has just cause to therefore divorce. Okay. So even in the case of that happening in an engagement. Okay it doesn't even have to be after vows were exchanged at the altar hmm. which i can i can see that being just as justifiable there yeah, as it would definitely. be in the marriage yeah um and, and again it's as if the offending party were dead mm-hmm. so you think of of the uh, the the sin the seriousness of that sin and in our sexually charged culture we just don't think about how serious no, sexual immorality not is at all. Uh, we we try to play it over. We we try to you know sweep minimize it under the rug. It. Yeah, yeah, minimize it. That's a good way to put it.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but this is uh, this is the way that historically Movies,
1: TV oh, shows. Yeah. They're awful. It's everywhere.
0: Even those shows that you know TVPG or something like mm,
1: that. Yes.
0: You still have to be aware of the stuff that's in that show because yeah, it could still have some pretty adult plots going mm. on. If they don't show anything, they're still right. talking about it. You know um but but this is this is just how serious the sin of sexual immorality is you've you've got paul talking about in first corinthians chapter 6 that the sin of of sexual immorality is even unique to other sins mm-hmm. because every other sin you commit outside your body mm-hmm. but sexual immor- immorality is committed with the body mm. your temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God, who dwells within you. Right. So Paul says, therefore, honor God with your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Ephesians, Paul says, let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality in you. And oftentimes when you see lists of sins mentioned in the Bible, sexual immorality is often at the top of that list. This is a very serious sin mm-hmm. to the point that uh, I, the the Bible says so, and I believe that the Westminster's got it correct as well when they spelled out their section on divorce and remarriage. Sexual immorality in the marriage is as if that person has died because they have mm-hmm. committed a sin that is so serious it has killed the marriage. Yeah. Even Christ has permitted divorce in the event of sexual immorality in the marriage. Yeah. So that's the way I feel about that. And going back to your question, David, you said that this has major practical implications as you are currently an elder at a small home church and the pastor and you are struggling with how to counsel one of your members who is dating a divorced man whose ex-wife has already remarried. Yeah, Here's something that I would encourage you to uh, to look at. Ask the divorced man why he got divorced. Mm-hmm. What was the reason for the divorce? Mm-hmm. Was it his fault or was it his... X's fault if it was his fault you probably have a good cause to warn the person in your congregation that they should not marry this man because he was the one that cheated on his ex-spouse causing his ex-spouse to leave and then go marry somebody else Mm -hmm. and and in which case the divorced man i don't believe should get remarried as a, a consequence for what he has done yeah he probably should stay single Uh, Or at the very least, this sister in the Lord that you have in your own congregation should not be marrying the man. But again, going back to what Becky said earlier, this is circumstantial. It should be on a case-by-case basis. Definitely. So look at those things. Talk about those things with the couple. Mm -hmm. Talk it out with them. Find out the specifics, the details. They're going to need to be ministered to one way or the other. Right. So don't just look at it as, oh, okay, well, it wasn't, you know, it was just this and it wasn't this other thing, so we can let them do whatever. Counsel is needed here. Mm -hmm. And Becky and I went through a lot of it.
2: A lot, Before we got
0: married. We had uh, three pastors, I believe, that we were meeting with. Mm -hmm. And then we also went to one of the Family Life Today marriage conferences. Ye- two two of them we went to one as pre-marrieds right and then we went to one as a married oh, couple that's true right
1: that is true yeah
0: so we went before we got married and got all the, like the the engaged couple counseling <laughs> yeah and then we went as a married couple and we got to do all the stuff the marrieds got to do right yeah
1: that was fun <laughs> but,
0: but it was but it we was... wanted
1: to make sure that um i wasn't bringing in or i wanted to make sure that i wasn't bringing in baggage and, and um, putting the blame that should be put on another person onto him. Right. Or to blame myself and um, not be a good wife in, in the part of, you know, I'm just not worthy. I'm not, I'm not good enough for this position, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So we just wanted to make sure we were.
0: Because when Becky first spotted me. She said to me that she saw me and she was like, I want to marry a man like that. Yep. But she didn't think it was going to be me. Not at first, anyway.
1: No, because I wasn't good enough.
0: Right. So, so that was part of the counseling yeah. was not bringing that guilt into the marriage. And, and in that counseling, me being able to tell her, look, I see you as pure. You're my pure bride who's going to be walking down the aisle in white. And I'm mm-hmm. not holding any of your past sins against you because, I mean, frankly, I, I wasn't pure either. <laughs> I had sins in my past. And, and that was my role in our pre-marriage counseling as well, because I had come from a failed engagement. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be sure that I wasn't bringing any of that bag- baggage into the marriage as well and even making sure that I wasn't still holding on to any sort of bitterness right uh, or anything of that nature so that was part of why we got the kind of counseling that we did
1: yeah before we we got married we sought it out like we, we we felt like it was what we needed to do right in order to get on the right path
0: now we had let's see there was a Wesleyan minister and I think two Baptist ministers was the was our counselors isn't that right are you remembering that right I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all of I remember them. Remember the Westland. Yes. And then... All of the all of the uh, ministers that we met with unanimously said there really was not anything biblically wrong with us getting married. Right. And we did have, in my si- on my side of the family, we have some independent fundamentalists. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And we did hear from a few members of the family going, yeah, you so you're not even supposed to be marrying this gal because she's previously divorced. Right. And that was great to be able to share that testimony with them and walk them through the scriptures that we had been walked through. Right. And as far as I know, I think we changed everybody's mind. Yep. So everybody was, even those that were previously opposed ended up coming to the wedding yeah so that was great
1: yeah it was wonderful
0: <laughs> but i hope that's helpful for you david again case by case basis sort of a thing and don't look at this as uh, just sort of a, a blanket issue where you can or now i've given you the answer so now you're going oh okay well it's all right now that you you do need to specifically counsel yeah this man and this woman and,
1: and question outright you right what what happened um I mean because you're looking out for your your are shepherding your sheep yes. or the sheep that <laughs> You, know you got right. that
0: right. I did. Got okay, got that right. Good. And you may want to, uh, because you don't know what he has said to the woman, mm-hmm. you may want to talk to him alone.
2: Yeah, that's and, true.
0: And not together uh, as, you know, uh, as a pre-married couple at first, mm-hmm. may talk to him and say, now, what does she know about your past? Right. And, or talk to her alone and say, what do, what do you know about his past? Mm-hmm. And, and alone meaning, I mean, somebody else is there. Not a man and woman alone. Right. Never. Right. In counseling, that should never happen. Never. Just to state that. All right. This next question wanted to be submitted anonymously, so we've got an Anon here. Hi, Pastor Gabe and Becky. Long time listener here. First, I Aww. want to thank the Lord for the work that he is doing in your ministry. Praise God for seeing you guys Aww. for a thousand episodes.
1: <laughs> Isn't that exciting?
0: Yes. That's such an amazing feat. May God be glorified. Oh, I'm God. kind of past it now, though. I mean, we're at 1,040 something now. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even really thinking about the thousand mark anymore. I just I just hit uh,
1: because I haven't hit a thousand episodes. So.
0: Oh, oh, that's true. Yeah, because you came in around 450 or something like that. Something like that. Uh, I just hit over 10,000 followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Nate Pickowitz had messaged me and said, hey, congrats on getting 10K.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there, and he said, from here on out, there's nothing spectacular about getting any more followers. <laughs> he said the, the next milestone really isn't until you hit 100,000.
2: Oh, wow. So it's like,
0: it's like after you hit 10K, it's just like, meh, okay. <laughs> you don't really get to see the number tick up anymore because it just says 10K, you know. Aww. <laughs> but, uh, okay, where were, we? where were we? Back to Anand's question. Second, can you bring clarity to the stepping down of a pastor due to adultery? We've already seen some pastors rebuked and stepped down due to this sin and other pastors not stepping down. I'm looking at you, Tully and Chavigian. shame on you. Jesus said that if a man looks upon a woman and lusts after her, he has already committed adultery in his heart. That's in Matthew five. If this is the case, then almost all pastors are not qualified due to the sin of adultery. Hmm. How does, or I'm sorry, does a pastor need to step down when he committed the sin of adultery in his thoughts? How about if the pastor got attracted to someone who is other than his wife. What if he repented? Can he still pastor a church? Thank you for taking time to listen to this. So Mm -hmm. kind of the nature of the question here is is almost like degrees of adultery. Okay. Because it is true what Jesus says in Matthew chapter five. Of course, it's true what Jesus says. Of course. I don't even need to preface that. Uh, But where he says that... some people. (laughs) Beth Moore! Uh, (laughs) When... uh, Excuse you. <laughs> Almost need to make that my one per list now. It's like one per episode. Every time we we get together and we do an episode, where's Beth Moore going to get mentioned in here?
1: No, that's
0: not. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so in Matthew chapter five, I'll read the passage out here. Uh, Matthew five twenty seven. You have heard that it was said, "You shall not commit adultery," but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if that's the case, if you've got a minister who has looked at a woman lustfully, mm-hmm. does that now disqualify him as uh, a minister, as, as somebody who could pastor and lead a church? Let's go to the qualifications for elders first here. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. And the way that that's translated is literally he must be a one woman man. He must be sober minded, self-controlled. There's a big one that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. So he must be committed to his wife. He must be self-controlled. He must be respectable. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So that first qualification there, and you've heard this said multiple times, is that the overseer must be above reproach. He must have a good reputation. And Paul even clarifies there, not only among believers, but even among unbelievers. He must even be well thought of by outsiders. Right. R.C. Sproul was on uh, a Renewing Your Mind recently. And, of course, this was an older message.
1: Obviously. Because
0: he He's has gone home deceased. to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in the message that I heard on Renewing Your Mind, I think this was a week or two ago, he was talking about the qualifications for an overseer in First Timothy chapter 3. Okay. And the way he started out the lesson, he said, anybody can look at this list and feel like they're totally unqualified. Mm-hmm. How can a minister ever be qualified to keep this standard
1: is that kind of like Proverbs thirty one woman the
0: Proverbs thirty one woman yeah. yeah like a woman like, looking at that going how could I ever aspire to who this who is
1: ever going to aspire to this yeah yes.
0: and that was an interesting approach to start out the message because often and and I've taught this same way I've heard Mark Dever teach this way on the qualifications of a pastor mm-hmm. but often we talk about this as anybody in the church should aspire to these attributes right these characteristics these qualifications. But it's the uh, it's the pastor in particular who must have an ability to teach. And he sets a standard or a model for the rest of the congregation to follow. Right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 says, consider those who have taught you the faith and imitate their faith. Mm -hmm. Walk in their way of life. Uh, But yeah, when you're when you're talking about the level of holiness that is expected here of a man who is supposed to be an overseer in the church it can be pretty intimidating. Mm-hmm. You can look at this going, boy, I just cannot measure up to this. I mean, yeah. how how am I to be sober-minded? How am I to be self-controlled? I mean, sometimes I do get angry. Here it says, uh, you know, we must not be violent but gentle, not quarrelsome. So if I've had an argument with somebody, am I now disqualified yeah. from becoming a pastor? So as you're looking at those qualifications, it, it can be kind of intimidating. But we must remember, as any of us, need to remember that the holiness that we have is not from ourselves. Right. It is from God. A person who aspires to the office of overseer, there is certainly going to be higher expectations upon him. As it says in James 3, 1, not all of you should aspire to be teachers, mm-hmm. my brothers, because you know that teachers will be judged with greater strictness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, in that case, you know, sure. We know that there's going to be a greater Uh, uh, a scrutiny that's going to be placed upon a teacher than would be placed upon anybody else. You're even in the public eye. You're seen by more people. Most of the rest of the congregation is just going to blend in with everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But all of us, all of us have been called to holiness. Since I'm here in Matthew chapter five, uh, it says in verse 48, you therefore must be perfect as As your your heavenly heavenly father Father is perfect. perfect. So, uh, and again, what God demands... He also gives to us. Mm -hmm. He demands righteousness and he gives us the righteousness of Christ, his imputed righteousness that has been given to us. Amen. And so now walking in maturity in that faith, we must demonstrate these attributes as those who are pursuing godliness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, let's bring this now back to the question that was presented regarding levels of, uh, of like adultery or temptation okay so now you have a minister who has been tempted in his heart he has looked at a woman with lustful thoughts Mm -hmm. is he immediately disqualified for the pastorate let me put this for you in a more specific way let's say that a, a guy is browsing through a catalog Okay. And I'm even going to pick a catalog that I don't even think exists anymore. Okay. <laughs> a Sears catalog. Okay. Okay, right? All right. Do you remember browsing through the Sears catalog when you were kids? Yeah. Okay. So did you and your brother, you did the thing where you're like circling the Christmas gifts that you wanted in uh, the toy section? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. I, I looked forward to the Christmas catalog every year. Right. JCPenney, Sears, didn't matter, but I was I was all over that catalog was always looking for the remote control cars, too. That was... <laughs> I could see that. that. was my section. <laughs> so, anyway, let's say he's browsing through a Sears catalog, mm-hmm. and he gets to the lingerie section, mm-hmm. and he opens it up, and instead of going, whoa, okay, wasn't meaning to turn to that section, he stops for a minute, Mm-hmm. a minute, five seconds. He just sits there on the page a little bit longer than he should have. At what point did he become disqualified? Was it at three seconds? Was it at five seconds? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, So is the man now disqualified because he just browsed through the lingerie section of the catalog a little longer than he should have looked at it? Is this man now a hypocrite if he has to go to his brother who is in an adulterous affair and tell this man, you have to repent or God is going to judge you for it? Is he not able to do that now because he's got a great big log in his eye since he was since he was? glancing too long at the lingerie section in the Sears catalog?
1: I guess that would depend on his heart. Right. If he didn't feel like that was anything worth um, confessing. Well, it
0: was something. I don't want to say that it wasn't anything. I mean, it was something.
1: no, No, what he feels that, oh, it's no big deal. You know, like those kind of things. Right. Like, it happens all the time. Men do it all the time.
0: This is a guy thing. This is something that, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll say for me personally, this is something that I deal with when I do my image browsing mm-hmm. for the what videos that I do. And so I have to, before I sit down at my computer and I start doing image searches, I have to pray and I have to say, God, help me to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Mm-hmm. And when something pops up on the screen that I should not be setting before my eyes, boom, I'm hitting the X. I'm getting off of it. I'm I'm moving to another page, whatever it is that I have to do to get away from the search results that I got there. Right. Uh, I remember reading an article from Tim Challies where he was talking about that as well. And he uh, was talking about how his sanctification had so matured to the place now where that disgusts him. Mm-hmm. Anytime it pops up on the screen, he's immediately repulsed, has to get it off the screen, get back to the, the task that he was doing. Right. Uh, and And I mean, online, you could be searching for brooms.
1: Right.
0: And you could come up with some scantily clad picture. Yep. There really is no safe image search that is out there, even if you've got safeguards on your computer and whatnot. Right. And so if a pastor has an image like that come up on his screen and he looks at it for too long, has he become unqualified? Uh, as Becky has said, it, it does consider the condition of his heart. Yeah. Now let's get let's get even more severe here. Let's talk about a pastor that has downloaded porn and he now has it on his computer. Has he become disqualified for his office? In that particular case, I would say absolutely. Yep. Uh, and in fact, depending on the severity of it, I would say something like that could even permanently disqualify him. Yeah. Because you're talking about somebody who is saving images to his computer because in his mind, he is already storing up for himself I am an intention, a deliberate intention mm-hmm. to look at this later. And it's on his mind and on his heart continually. And that's why he's doing that. That's right. why he's saving those images.
1: Right. And
0: so I would say that if in in a circumstance that a pastor gets caught in something like that, he's probably, again, case by case basis, Seek out if this man is repentant and he's truly convicted of it. Right. And and you know, I would have to leave that to elders, but I'm just speaking for myself in this particular instance or circumstance, mm-hmm. I would say I don't I don't see how that guy can continue to maintain that office and ever be able to do it again with any amount of credibility. Right. He can no longer be trusted. He has no self control. He mm-hmm. demonstrated there he's he's got no self control. Mm-hmm. Uh no self control over his body, his eyes, his thoughts, uh, and he has given those thoughts over to something that is uh, that is repulsive unto the Lord, Mm -hmm. as well as it should be repulsive to any of us. Right. So, yeah, there are certainly various degrees of this. And I've said in the past and uh, and Becky and I have talked about this. You know, I think this was back in March as well, Mm -hmm. that a person who has. Well, we talked about it last year even. And when I did my series on First Timothy, Mm -hmm. we talked about this. I talked about it with my church. Five or six years ago. I can't yep. remember when that was. We went through 1st uh, and 2nd Timothy. But if a pastor, as a pastor, if an elder has committed adultery as he was holding that office, he's permanently disqualified. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Phil Johnson actually just talked about this recently with Todd Friel even on oh, an yeah. episode of Too Wretched for Radio. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned the same thing there because what has happened there with that sin is is he's no longer above reproach. Mm. He will never be able to have a reputation to hold that office again because you he can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. Can't be trusted with that office and that position again, considering what it was that he did. A person who should have known better more than anyone else in the congregation. Right. There are people who are not Christians that know that's wrong. Right. And so for him to have slipped so severely in that way. And whenever you mention something like that, there's always somebody that says, well, what about David? David was a completely different circumstance. Mm. David was a king. And there were serious ramifications for what happened with David. Even David himself said that he was a dead man. Mm -hmm. When Nathan the prophet came and convicted him over it, David knew that he was going to die. But Nathan the prophet said, the Lord is going to be merciful on you. And you will not die, but your child will. The child that was conceived of this unholy union. Mm-hmm. And and so death resulted because of the seriousness of this sin. So you can't compare this to David. You can't say, well, a pastor's done this. You know, David was restored. Somebody died. Yep. So it's uh, it's a very serious sin. The Lord takes it very, very seriously. We are called to purity in this way. And uh, and I take this very seriously. I understand the glass house that I'm standing in when I'm saying what it is that I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. now people are going to look at me going, okay, Gabe, we're going to test you by your words. That's fine. I understand yeah. that. And I should be. I should be held to that standard as well. And, and I
1: do hold you to that standard. <laughs> Just saying.
0: Yes, you do. <laughs> but it's like we sing in the song, um, come thou fount of every blessing. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Mm -hmm. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. It is the Lord who purifies us and makes us righteous. And it is he who holds us close to himself. James says in James 4, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Flee the devil, resist the devil Mm -hmm. and he will flee from you and that is that's the way we need to approach these things clinging to christ every day because we in our own flesh do not have the power oh. to overcome the temptations that come at us daily yeah especially in the sexually charged culture that we live in right now so i hope that was helpful for you anon um uh, 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 yeah it's just like we said with the previous question case-by-case basis it is everything uh, all of these things need to be handled on a case-by-case circumstance Next and, question. Oh, what were you gonna say?
1: I was just gonna say, and and um, just be thorough on your investigations.
0: Thorough, uh, yes, certainly thorough, yes. yes, but gracious.
1: Oh, yes, definitely.
0: So, because
1: that was the other word I was looking for. I was trying to think of the other word, and and I couldn't. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I, yes. I think thoroughness is very good, mm-hmm. but we got to be careful with that because thorough can can turn into like scrutinizing and suspicion
1: right and you don't want to c- approach it like that definitely not
0: yeah when you're just constantly suspecting someone of evil mm-hmm. then there's really nothing that they can say to you that's gonna that's gonna make you go oh well everything's okay right. no, you're, you're you know. just gonna hear everything as well see he's just that's just a smokescreen. right he's just dodging the issue yeah. da, da. so uh, make so,
1: sure that you are pure in your own intentions right
0: So we do need to have grace toward one another because Uh our Lord God has been gracious with us. Thorough, certainly. Yes. But gracious in your thoroughness. Uh, Next question comes from Lee in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Greetings, Pastor Gabe and Becky. I love your show, especially the relationship that the two of you have. I believe it's evident to everyone (laughs) that you really like each other. And that's that's a refreshing thing to hear. I do kind of like this person
1: sitting next to me here. (laughs) I like him too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pastor Gabe has made jokes about how Becky is the star of the Friday episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a suggestion to make that might give Becky some more airtime because mm. Gabe does tend to talk quite a bit more than Becky does. Yeah, you do, but that's okay. It's not really in in like our everyday things. No. I don't think I think we're pretty equal. We're and,
1: pretty equal on those.
0: But in the in the podcast, yeah, it's definitely more. Yeah. Two thirds me and one third Becky. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's a suggestion to give Becky more airtime. Why doesn't Becky read the questions? I saw you guys do this in a video once, and I wondered why she didn't do this on the podcast. Thanks for your ministry and for taking my question. So Becky, why so don't you, you read you, the questions?
1: You saw that video, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, I am dyslexic, and I fumble over words really, really bad, and to get through the intro alone... It's at least five takes each time. So, yeah, um, until I get better at that, I think I'm going to allow Gabe to continue read the questions.
0: (laughs) I would be okay with it. I think it would be great. But, yeah, she she does have It would
1: take so much longer to record (laughs) and edit. (laughs) Now, she's
0: she's actually a fast, silent reader. Mm -hmm. She does better than I do. Uh, as far as like reading silently, mm-hmm. but when it comes to reading it out loud, there is kind of a a it's, struggle it's disconnect. Yeah, yeah, to take it from your brain to your mouth is yep. a little bit a little bit harder, more difficult coordination, I guess, yeah. with the dyslexia that you have. And be praying for Becky too, because she is uh, uh, preaching a message at a women's conference tomorrow morning. Yes, it's the first women's conference we've had at our church. Yes, and uh, and she's reading that
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> so because, be in prayer for her because if I don't read it, then I will rabbit trail so many different ways. I mean, you guys have heard us on the podcast, so <laughs> you kind right. of get an idea. So, um, so I'm going to be reading it to stay, you know, in time and everything because I only have a, a little slotted time. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm also quite nervous. So yes, please pray for us.
0: I think I think she'll do great.
1: <laughs> it's um, it's to kick off our women's Bible study.
0: That's right. Yeah. Because then we're so, going to do that, what, uh, twice? A minute? Well, you're yeah. going to do I'm not going to do that.
1: Well, I'm going to definitely uh, go over to you for help.
0: <laughs> it's the for Man help. Hater Woman's Club. I'm not invited <laughs> to that. Nah.
1: Stop. <laughs> no.
0: No. <laughs> so Becky's kind of nervous. I think uh, Sonia and I are working with her today. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to be doing this message tomorrow. Yep. And you can also pray for her to read the questions on the podcast. Sure. Eventually.
1: Eventually. Now,
0: this next question comes from, I know I'm not going to say this right, because I remember him uh, emailing us the pronunciation of his name, and then I've lost that email.
1: Oh, bummer.
0: But this is Kenichukwu from Nigeria. Okay. And he says, good day to you, Pastor Gabe and family. I hope all is well. It's been a while since I last emailed, but I've still been enjoying the podcast, especially the Friday Q&As. Aww. Of course. Because Becky's on the Friday q
1: (laughs) Not just because of me.
0: (laughs) My question today is related to some changes happening in my own life right now. I was challenged by a question from a friend intended to own me, which was, downloading free movies and content online is illegal. So does it mean we are all guilty of theft and we are going to hell in Nigeria? We don't really think that much about this because pretty much the standard way of getting access to TV shows, et cetera, has always been what I would confess to be piracy. So I made a decision to stop what my conscience now convicts me has been sinful. But now I'm in a tough spot with my conscience because most of the people selling DVDs in Nigeria are selling pirated content. Hmm. We share music to friends all the time, even in preparation for choir practice. The online textbook material we use for study and school are often downloaded for free instead of bought from the original vendors. Hmm. My point is, it goes very deep, so much that I'm even wondering if there is any way I could truly escape digital piracy. I know that this is a hefty conscience issue, but I would appreciate your input on the matter of digital piracy. Copyright legislation isn't really a thing here, and most Western products aren't available here. So while I might be innocent with regards to laws of the state, my conscience convicts me that by partaking in these normal activities, using and consuming foreign copyrighted content, I'm actively partaking in theft. Thank you for listening. I would appreciate your answer if you have any insight from the Bible that you think would be relevant to my conundrum. God bless you and your family for your commitment to teaching the word every day of the week. It has blessed me so much. Now, we talked about this uh, because I was actually standing in my kitchen when I read this email and uh, Sonia was with us, too. Yeah. So in First Corinthians chapter Mm eight, we read about food offered to idols and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some through former association with idols eat food as really offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better if we do, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you, Who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged? If his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols. And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother to stumble. Hmm. So that's in regard to food offered to idols. Let me now read this passage a different way. I'm going to come back to verse 7. Some, through former association, watch movies and TV shows as they have been pirated and their conscience being weak is defiled. Mm -hmm. Movies and TV shows, entertainment, will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we watch and no better off if we don't watch. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak, for if anyone sees you who have knowledge watching or partaking in pirated content, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to then partake in or purchase or, well, consume for free Mm -hmm. pirated content. And so, by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Does that kind of help kind of use the principle that's being said here in 1 Corinthians 8 and applying it to pirated content?
1: I would think so, yeah.
0: Concerning the laws that you have there in Nigeria, and considering how widespread this is, if you're obeying the laws of your state, I, in my position, I would say that I would not have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just speaking for myself. But if your conscience is defiled by partaking in that which is pirated content, then don't do it. Right. And don't do it just because I said to do it. You really need to seek this out with the Lord. These principles are also laid down in Romans chapter 14. Mm -hmm. And where it says in Romans 14 that that, uh, everyone must be fully convinced in his own mind. So if you are convinced even a little bit that what you're doing might be sin, don't do it. Right. Don't defile your conscience before God and don't encourage anybody else to do the same. Mm-hmm. But if you can seek this out, that according to the laws of your state, and there's really, you know, of all the movies and stuff like that that's around, there's no way that you can purchase it in a way that would be uh, uh, legal according to America's laws. Right. It, and and yet you still want to watch movies and TV. Now, I would say that in terms of, of like Uh, of things that are important in life, movies and TV really are not high up on the list. (laughs) (laughs)
2: No.
0: You can get by with not partaking in this entertainment at all.
1: They used to do it all the time. What do you mean? Back in the day when they didn't have TV.
0: They pirated it all the time?
1: No, they didn't watch TV.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you.
1: Sorry, was that nah, not clear?
0: It just flew yeah, oh, it flew over my head. Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah, people Set used up to do a little it. Taller. People used to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Not watch TV.
1: Yeah. They they did lots of other stuff.
0: <laughs> but believe it or not for most of human history, people have not listened to recorded music, You're watched crazy, television, right? gone to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's only about the last 100 years or so. Um so anyway, It's not that important a thing for you to have to have so you can get by with not having entertainment, in which case you don't have to struggle with this particular conundrum. But again, you must be fully convinced in your own mind Mm -hmm. and do not cause anyone else to stumble. If you're convinced that. Uh, you can watch pirated content and there's nothing really wrong with that. And then you've got this friend who wants to own you with this question. Downloading free movies and content online is illegal. So does it mean that we're all guilty of theft and we are going to hell? If it's going to make your friend's conscience be defiled, then don't even mention it. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it. Don't, you know, do it around other people in terms of like watching movies and okay television and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If it's a personal thing for you. Great. Anyway, it really would put you in the spot of having, okay, uh, having to go, what is it in the USA that it says? And you have to read America's laws, and then you're going by America's laws on whether or not you could be watching TV and doing it legally.
1: Right, but whenever America, um, I I guess, I don't know. I was thinking that whenever it goes overseas, that it's... Different for each. I don't know. State. I, I don't kn- know how that works.
0: I know that after because I just Exporting. watched a movie the other day and it was an old DVD that I watched. Uh-huh. And at the end, there's that Interpol crawl. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. So it's like the the thing that was passed on September 8th, 1977. Uh, related to International Copyright Act, and Interpol says this. Oh, right. I don't remember what that law is. I just happen to remember the date. <laughs> and that there's Come on, that, that Interpol subtext, you know, that comes up at the very end of older movies. I don't think they really do it in most films anymore.
1: Probably not. They, they're they too busy thanking everybody and their dog. <laughs>
0: That's true. Who
1: came on set.
0: Yeah, the, the, the coffee boy's <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, assistant and, yeah, whatnot. Yep. Anyway, so I hope that helps you out with that a little bit. Uh, I don't know how clearly we answered the question for you. It gives you something to think about.
1: Yeah, definitely. But
0: again, this and is... some
1: Bible verses to go
2: over.
0: Yeah, this is going to be one of those Christian liberty sorts of questions. Mm-hmm. And so study Romans 14, go back that, to that there, and try to see this issue in light of the food and day laws mm-hmm. that are that are talked about there in Romans 14. Uh, given that I just read first Corinthians eight, one through eight, let me come to this question here from Neil. He says, Hey, this is Neil from Greenville, South Carolina. Love your podcast and your spirit of brotherhood. I like the way that you build up John MacArthur, even though you obviously disagree on eschatology. Yep. Yep. Cause we're going to truth matters. That's right. Truth matters. Just a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Can you help me with the seemingly contradictory statements of first Corinthians eight, one through eight? And Revelation 2, 14. So we just read about uh, that some through former association with idols eat food really offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. That's what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Mm -hmm. Let me flip over here to Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. I'm going to start in verse 12 because this is to the church in Pergamum. who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual immorality. Now, this is not in contradiction with what Paul just said in 1 Corinthians 8. Right. This reference in verse 14 in Revelation 2.14 is being used as an example of when Balaam and we read about this in the book of Numbers, Numbers 25, when Balaam was being hired by the king of Moab to curse Israel, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't get the words out to curse Israel.
1: Oh right, uh-huh.
0: And so what uh Moab's king wanted Balaam to do is he wanted th- the Israelites to be seduced into both sexual and spiritual adultery. Okay. Because if he could get that to happen, then the Israelites' God, which the Moabites feared, mm-hmm. the uh, the Israelites' God would abandon them. Mm. Even the Moabites understood that. So if we contempt Israel into spiritual idolatry and sexual adultery then their God will abandon them, and then they will be weak, and then we will be able to conquer them. Then we won't have anything to fear of them when they come into our land. That's what it was that he wanted to do. Okay. And so the the, the spiritual idolatry would have been for the Israelites to eat food that had previously been offered to idols. Mm-hmm. Now, that was significant in the Old Testament under the Mosaic Law. But here in the New Testament, which is... Paul speaking in 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 8. Right. uh, We are uh, under a new law, the law of Christ, Mm -hmm. where things that were types in the Old Testament have a spiritual connotation in the New Testament. Right. And so this is merely, in Revelation 2, 14, this is merely an example of the Israelites being tempted into sexual and spiritual idolatry, Mm -hmm. just as the Nicolaitans are trying to uh, tempt the Christians at Pergamum into sexual and spiritual idolatry. So this is what Jesus is warning them of. I have a few things against you. There are some that hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual immorality. So also some of you who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans, therefore repent, if not, I will come to you soon, and war against them with the sword of my mouth. So this was Jesus hmm. saying, some of you are in sexual and spiritual idolatry, yeah, and it needs to needs to stop. If you don't repent, repent. of this now, yeah, then Jesus will come against them in judgment rather than coming to them as Savior. Hmm. So that's that's what's meant to be understood there in Revelation two fourteen. So. It doesn't contradict. Nope. No contradiction. There's never a contradiction in scripture. If we think there's a contradiction. It's our own fault. That's our problem. Yeah. That's not scripture's problem. I think we'll even talk about that. Truth matters in a couple of weeks. Probably. (laughs) So that's our show for today. And if you would like to send an email to us again, our email address is when we understand the text at gmail.com.
1: All spelled out.
0: All spelled out. Yes not www.utt at gmail.com.
1: You're going to confuse me. I know,
0: now that I've just confused everybody. (laughs) When we understand the text at gmail.com. Yes. Let's pray. Yes, let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together, and I thank you for uh, those who are diligently searching the Word, Hmm. looking for what God has said about this matter or that matter, that in everything that we say and do, we are governed by the Word of God what a blessing it is to have scripture and have it so read, readily available to us in this way. We've got Bibles on our shelves. We've got uh, 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 Bibles overflowing in our churches. There's no shortage of places where we can get Bibles. So let us not neglect that we've got God's word at our fingertips and we can open it up and study it and know your will. And if there are things that we don't understand, we go to those who may have deeper understanding so that they may guide us into all truth. Help us to know that the Bible is sufficient for our every need. It is inerrant and it is sufficient. It is uh, our authority in all things, even those who do not acknowledge that the Bible is an authority. The word of God has authority over everyone and everything. So may we hold that dear, that way when we are sharing the gospel with others, they too may know the gospel of Christ and submit to the authority of the word of God by the regeneration that happens by your Holy Spirit in the hearts of man. Thank you for your grace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Get all the coffees out. I hope so. Co- cough, cough, cough,
1: Heck, heck, heck.
0: The coffees, the coffee's spelled C O U G H. Yeah. I E S.
1: Not the good type.
0: Not, not the C O F F E E S. You don't want to get those out anyway. You want those in.
1: Ah, true. The good
0: coffees you want in. They're yummy. So that you've got some pep, and you're gonna make it all the way through this episode.
1: Pep in my step. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my back though, my back and my neck from bending over and getting all those burrs out of the dog But
0: Ugh. Ugh. that was your job because i was just gonna leave him for the rest of his I life know. he would just have it
1: was so tempting <laughs> i the kids when they reacted to him coming in Whoa, look at the dog i was like i am not looking at that dog until i have had time to <laughs> mentally prepare for what i'm gonna see yes yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I I saw how the leash was wrapped around the weeds out there. I was like, okay, Mm. that's how he got all of them Mm. on his face. Uh, I I just didn't think he would even bother going over there.
1: Yep. well, lesson learned, right? Yep. Ugh.